Hello, this is Tom Williams, and you are listening to Talk Theater in Chicago's Interview Podcast. I have a very special guest today. His name is Arvid Sponberg, and he is a professor of English at Valparaiso University, and he is a theater historian. Hello, Mr. Sonberg. Hello, Professor, I should say. How are you? Good. Tell us about this, this event that, that I was told you were the one that came up with the initial idea for this. Well, uh, I suppose in a, in a, in a, if you're being absolutely chronological about it, that's, there's a, you know, a fair amount of truth in that. Uh, about four years ago, uh, I was uh, able to uh, put the proposal together at my university to do some research on, uh, on the current state of Chicago theater. My, uh, I've been a professor of English at Valparaiso University for more than three decades, and I teach uh, modern drama down here uh, at, at the university. And as those decades passed on, I was able from my uh, perch out here in northwest Indiana to see the, uh, the steady, one should even say explosive, development of professional nonprofit theater in Chicago. And I kept waiting for, and I'm not criticizing, but we all have busy agendas. I kept waiting for somebody at one of the uh, you know universities in the Chicago area to sort of take the lead in uh, in uh, pulling together the community of scholars to begin a process of of uh, archiving and uh, and discussing and analyzing what was happening in Chicago because it's it's a tremendously uh, unusual, I would go so far as to say a unique phenomenon, not just in American theater history, but in the history of the English-speaking theater. That is to say, uh, the rapid increase of high-quality, professional, resident, nonprofit theater in Chicago between, we'll pick 1960 as the convenient starting date, although you can go back earlier, between 1960 and the present, uh, is unequaled in any other period in American history. And I'm including New York in that. Uh, I was just uh, reviewing some of my New York data the other day, because uh, in 1845, uh, New York City had five theaters, and uh, it became the uh, the theatrical dynamo that we know it to be to the, even today in that period between the civil war and world war 1 and uh, uh but it so that's that's a longer period of time and uh the the chicago phenomenon takes place in a much more compressed period of time and it goes from a a starting point of essentially zero and uh, now uh, I have it on the authority of uh, people at the Chicago League, or League of Chicago Theaters, that uh, there are 290 uh, companies and venues that are members of the league, and there are well over 300 uh, theater companies operating in Chicago. So yeah, let, you, yeah. Let me add something yeah. to that because I've sure uh, you've been up, to a lot of them. I, I well, and I've upgraded our database for f- some projects that, that yeah. we're working on. And, of course, there are people that aren't a member of the league. I have, including independent producers and may produce a show here and there, over 350. Okay. 
in Chicago alone. That's not, I'll, I'll use your yeah. figures. From yeah, and, and I think in the last couple of days I got press releases on a couple more, you know, I've never yep. heard of. Because as soon as I see one, I've never heard, boom, it goes right in the database. My, well, one of my, uh, it, so to come back to the, yeah. the original thread here, what's, what, what have we got going on here? I, um, I got this little, this grant uh, and I started interviewing uh, people. I, my my little project was simply and is simply aimed at identifying basic biographical information about the founders of all these theaters. And um, so one of the people I interviewed was uh, our mutual uh, friend, Bill Williams. Oh, yeah. And uh, as Bill and I had our first conversation in the fall of 2007, we said uh, he he began talking about his uh, dream of having a a Chicago theater museum, and great I, idea. Uh, I'd, yeah. I'd help anyway. Just let a- him know. Absolutely, and uh, and I suggested, well, as a as a step in that direction, what would you think about having a theater symposium? And we both thought that was a great idea. And then we went on, and a few months passed, and then I began to get these. Uh, these uh, emails and phone calls from Bill saying, what are you doing with that theater symposium idea? What are you doing with that theater symposium idea? So finally, more out of shame than out of, uh, you know, a, um, a powerful motive, I, um, I put together a proposal and sent it to Bill for, his, for him to critique. And one thing led to another, including a change in leadership at the Columbia College Theater Department, the uh, Formidable and uh, and honorable uh, Sheldon Patinkin was stepping down, and uh, a new fellow named John Green was coming in uh, from our rival Valparaiso's rival institution of Butler University, and John took over in uh, 2008, I think, and um, we uh, he was looking around for projects to uh, to sort of launch a new era at Columbia, and this. Uh, Bill and I plopped our proposal on here. So even though Bill kindly credits me with, you know, uttering the first words, none of this would happen. None of this would be happening without Bill and then John Green's uh, relentless pursuit of this idea. And we've been, the organizing committee has been meeting for now almost two years. And uh, so what is going to happen now, if I want to get to the point of all this, is that on May 18, 19, 20, and 21, uh, there will be a, the first ever Chicago Theater Symposium uh, sponsored by uh, Columbia College, hosted by Columbia College, uh, uh, befriended by Valparaiso University and many other institutions, the League, Chicago Public Library, uh, City of Chicago Cultural Affairs Department and, and many others, and uh, for four days uh, at uh, the Film Center down there on Wabash and Eleventh Street, we're going to see a coming together of about a hundred theater makers and theater scholars to uh, sort through the past, the present, and the future of Chicago theater to. Uh, to remember and recall and honor the pioneers, many of whom are coming to the end of their uh, their active uh, producing career. I just got I'm a Victory Garden subscriber, and I just got a the email saying that the uh, redoubtable 
Che Yu is going to be succeeding. No one can ever replace the great Dennis Zacek as the artistic director there. And uh, so we're going to honor some of the pioneers of the past. We're going to take stock of where Chicago theater is today, and we are making a considerable space in the program for directors, uh, designers, writers, actors uh, who are, let's say, under 35, who are going to be the uh, going to be the next generation. And and we should point out that the the rate of founding of new theaters in Chicago has been faster in the last 10 years than it has been in any previous decade. We've had probably 65 or 70 new theater companies started since 2000, and uh, that makes the uh, the recent decade the most productive. So well, the, you know the, what? The, what, the graph yeah. of, of theater founding is still on the rise. And you know what it is? It's... it's uh... Chicago has such a land of opportunity for theater people. They're yeah. migrating from all over the country. Yeah. 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 Now let me let me ask you a question, okay. Mr. Williams, on that. So, since you've kindly listened to me spout here for four well. or five minutes consecutively, what do you think, as a as a seasoned observer of all this, what do you think accounts for Chicago becoming, as you put it, a land of opportunity for the theater life when? Prior to 1960, anybody looking at Chicago would have seen a theatrical desert. Well, I think one of the reasons is is uh, Chicago is more hospitable. I think we're a urban, sophisticated urban uh, uh, city, but we're not as expensive as New York. Because a lot of the actors say, "Hey, one of the reasons I came here to start my theater company is it costs too much to live in New York. It costs too much to do a production, a storefront show in New York." Uh, might be fifty thousand, and here would be five thousand. Yeah. So I think economics plays a lot of it, and I think the blue collar work mentality here in Chicago. Look at the professional equity actors. One show they're the star, the next show they're in the ensemble because uh-huh. they have that, and they all get along. It's it's uh, I think a sense of community and a sense of of support. We see that all the time. Our opening yeah. nights I go, and you see the enthusiasm of the theater audience that's there. You know, fellow actors cheering for the people that are on the stage. Yeah. I don't think you get that in New York, and I understand you don't get that in L.A. because they're so, quote, star-oriented or ego or You know, I'm the star. I yeah. can't be in the ensemble. So I think that contributes a lot. Okay. And you think those factors were, were there from the beginning? Yeah. Were they Were they there before? So something happened, you know, in the, in the post-World War II, 15 years, the four, late 40s, 50s, uh, we presumably all those qualities were there: working class, working, working, good working mentality, community support, uh, low economics. But uh, something kicked it off in in the in the fifties and, uh, and and into the sixties. Well, I think it's the the ability of young people to relocate. Remember, in past generations, you stayed in the same town. If you went away to school, you came back. And now, you know, the kids are mobile. Uh, hey, let's move to Chicago. Yeah. I know some theater groups like The House. They're all kids from Texas. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, and uh, there's an, another group I know that all came from the University of Indiana. And and they all yeah. relocated. So I, I think you're seeing that phenomenon. I, and the more the word gets around, because, you know, I interview a lot of actors in town, and, yeah. and like, no one's from here, <laughs> you know, <laughs> in, in a sense. Yeah. So I think that, and I think uh, living in Chicago, I, I don't think it's, uh, 
I think it's a friendlier town. Yeah. At least that's what the the out of towners say. Yeah. Now, how did you get involved? And where does your where does your fascination with theater come? I from? always love theater. Uh, Are you had, a Chicagoan? Yes, I am. I had an uncle who um, uh, took me to New York every year from the time I was about yeah. twelve till about sixteen or seventeen to see the. The, you know, the Broadway shows, we'd go for a week and he'd, he'd time it so we'd see seven or eight shows. And wow, you know, that got me as a lover of theater. And I've been following it ever since. And when I finally got the opportunity to be a reviewer, I jumped on it. Yeah. The, what was your, uh, what do you know about your uncle's background? I mean, what was, what he was wrote, the origin of his taste? In, uh, in, in well, theater? he was a writer. He, he uh, uh-huh. his name was David Hayes and, and uh, he wrote, I think it was The Young and the Restless. That was like his day job. Uh-huh. He wrote, okay. yeah, for years at, with the Bell people. I guess that's that's the the one they had. Uh, and he wrote a number of, of plays, uh, a few that were produced on, on television. The old, um, um, uh, I think it was Craft Theater. They used to have the live theater. Oh, yeah, he wrote some of those. And Playhouse 90, I don't know if you remember that. Oh sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. He yeah. wrote some for my, that. You're talking about one of some of my crucial. Yeah, and he knew know, people like Patty Chayefsky and and uh, uh, some of those people. You know, yeah. He, yeah, he knew so, and he had a on, and he got in the advertising copyright business later. Yeah, uh, and made a lot of money in that, and you know, and and but he he's the one that instilled it. That's why it's so important, I yeah. think, to get young people yeah. into theater. Uh, show them good theater. Don't dumb it down. Show them Shakespeare. Show them the great operas and musicals, and they'll love it. And you have a you have somebody for life. Yeah, yeah. But that's all I want to say. This is this is your interview. <laughs> I, but you see, thank the, you. I, I, thank I, you for letting me say I, something. I, that's right. I I, I wanted. I, I reverted to my own interview mode. I have. Yeah. I've been interviewing. Uh, uh, not actors so much, but producers, managers, directors, and writers over the years. Uh, um, I've got one uh, book called Broadway Talks and another book on uh, a playwright named A.R. Gurney that many of your listeners may be familiar with. So I, I, these are the issues that I'm interested in. What are the, what are the origins of people's interest in theater? And, and I have joked with my students for many years that, that every big theater town uh, like New York or Chicago or should have a statue uh, in the theater district somewhere of a uh, of a woman, or in the, or in your case, a man, uh, t- tugging along a pair of youngsters, striding purposefully uh, toward a theater, and on the on the pedestal of the statue would simply be the word "aunt," or in your case, "uncle," mm-hmm. right? Because unless some person, some grown-up, takes the youngster to the theater. Sometime between the ages of five and fifteen or sixteen, the, the interest in the theater is not going to spark. It's not going to happen. By the time you're, if you haven't got that spark by the time you're in your twenties, it's probably too late for ninety percent of the population. Yeah, and that's so, what. Thank and it's you. hardly ever the parents. Yeah, thank it. God for uh, Chicago yeah. Shakespeare doing the the yep. short Shakespeare's yep. Yep. and Steppenwolf and. And court doing shows yeah. for uh, yeah. and would, for and younger people. And would you, if you, you know, one of the interesting things that I've learned from Bill uh, Williams is the number of people involved in theater who uh, in Chicago who had some kind of summer camp experience when they were a kid. 
Well, Doug Peck comes to mind right yeah. off the bat. Yeah. He, he talked about so. uh, some of the first things he did when he was like 13 or 14 at a camp in Michigan. Yep. And, I, you know, I hear a lot of these stories. But let's go on about the symposium. Let's go with some of the, some of the topics because uh, I want to, uh, you know, well, in, in I the interest say, of time, I want to get people to yep. know what's going on so they'll come out. And, well, let's say first that if they go to uh, the Columbia uh, College website, column-c-o-l-u-m.edu slash theater symposium, all, you know, that second part's all one word. They will get to the web page, and they can click on daily schedule and locations, and they can see a very clear rundown of what we've got, what we've got in, in line for. So uh, we have uh, organized the, uh, the, the three or four days here uh, into a series of uh, papers, and uh, panels and discussions. It's going to be a it's going to be a real mix. There will be some sessions that are f- quite formal academic presentations, and they will deal dealing with the past of Chicago theater, the present, and the future. And there will be a parallel universe of uh, panel discussions, uh, workshops, demonstrations by theater makers. And we've got the schedule arranged so that the theater scholars are going to be doing their work in the mornings on that Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and the theater makers, who of course run a slightly different uh, daily, uh, yeah, we're night daily people. rhythm. That's right. <laughs> we're, we're not we're people. not putting any people who didn't get to bed till three a.m. We're not putting them on at 2, ten a.m. in the morning. Thank God. So uh, they will be in the afternoon, and and a reason for doing that is we want the scholars to be able to hear and be present at the, the panels by the theater makers and for those adventurous, uh, you know, the, the early rising uh, theater makers who might want to do so, they can, they don't have any conflicts, they can get to the, the early morning session. But let me just go through uh, some of the titles. I'm looking at the screen right now. Yeah, got, I am uh, too. Oh, yeah. we're, we're looking at, uh, for example, at 11 o'clock on the Thursday morning, uh, this will be the uh, 19th. Uh, we're looking at a panel on four Chicago playwrights. Uh, papers on Sarah Rule, uh, Sandra Seaton, uh, Tanya Saracho, and uh, Tracy Letts. Uh, then that's going to be... Uh, Major have, talents. That's right. Who, uh, yeah. who, who Broadway finally realizes that, uh, that we, we can produce yeah, some good writers. Right. Right. In fact, I was just noticing that the Tony notices came out today, and I see that the uh, Looking Glass is going to mm-hmm. get... We'll have the fifth... Regional Tony Theater, they're now in in the city, and uh, Anna Shapiro is getting got a nomination for directing for the the new uh, Stephen Adley Gerges play, yeah. the uh, the one with the uh, unprintable, unsayable word in its title, starring starring Chris Rock. So um, yeah, so there are uh, we're going to be paying attention to the um, uh, uh, you know to the to the enormous contribution uh, to playwriting of of uh, the five decades of theater work in here. We're getting to be quite a, a city for uh, uh, world premieres. I know I see 20 or 30 every year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think probably, would you would you agree for some of the same reasons that uh, you've already described, that is to say the, 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 the playwrights from around the world are learning more about this uh, sense of community 
and willingness to work, you know, at and what work needs together. to be done, and, and working support. together, yeah. as well as, you know, the economics. Right? Yeah. You can get a production here, and, you know, people don't have to, you know, hawk the family uh, Jewels well, to get to. New York, you know, they'll take a play. They'll take a great Chicago play, and they'll want to put superstars in it, and sometimes it destroys it yep. because not only the we wrote it, the writers here wrote it for Chicago actors who are, you know, uh, aren't about ego. They're about playing yep. the role, yep. and they're not some actor playing themselves. Yep. Yeah, yep. yeah. so uh, uh, this is a great town for that. But I, that's a that's a great thing on the panel you have, yeah. Uh, here's some other panel okay, titles. Yeah, arts, arts leadership, uh, a brown bag lunch discussion discussion with uh, uh, Kristen Larson from Remy Bumpo. One of the sharpest ladies in in in, yeah. uh, in theater administration. I've learned a lot talking to her. And uh, Katie, I'm going to say Kurtz or Kurtz K U R C Z from the Arts and Business Council. Uh, then we're going to have a stage combat demonstration by uh, David Woolley from uh, Columbia College, a fight master, and Society of American Fight Directors. Um, and, and then there's going to be a panel on David Mamet, right? Well, he got his got his start here. He yeah. he should uh, uh, erect a statue to Richard Christensen, who yeah. uh, in yep. some of his early writings, you remember, yep. he wrote such great articles and and reviews of Mamet's work. And let's let's uh, let's take an opportunity, uh, especially for me personally, to acknowledge that one of the triggers for uh, my project proposal uh, back in 2006 and 2007 was the publication. Uh, by Mr. Christensen of his memoir, A Theater of Our Own, A History and a Memoir of a I learned so I, much from that. I, I, yeah. I think exactly. that's required reading. When a kid moves here to to be involved in theater, you know, somebody ought to meet yeah. him at the city boundary and say, here, you got to yeah. read this book. It's a wonderful book, and, and the lesson we draw from it, uh, or I draw from it as a theater historian, is we need more books like it. Right now, uh, it, it stands, uh, you know, a theater of our own stands like a lighthouse, uh, you know, beaming out over a, 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 from a theater history point of view, a still fairly dark landscape. And um, Well, Dennis so, Ocek and uh, Bill Williams and Sheldon Patinkin ought to do. Right. Well, I know Sheldon did that. Sheldon did that great textbook on uh, musical theater. Yep. But I mean a, a historical memoir. I mean that's right. Uh, Dennis Zacek, right. thirty-four years. What you know? What could he say? He could he could tell us a lot. But what do you think are the odds that he's going to do it? I don't know. I'm going to okay. I'm going to approach him uh, real soon for for one of these podcast interviews because well, I think he'd have a few stories for after me, 34 let me years. Put, let me put a proposition to you, okay. Mr. Williams. One is, and, and as a writer, you know this: the the kind of person who succeeds in making theater is not the kind of person who is eager to sit down in the cubicle in front of a computer screen and begin banging out his or her thoughts and memories. No, but there's a way. Get them talking. Record it. Exactly. And then get someone to subscribe it and have them look at it and add and edit and, you know, add some anecdotes to it. And then, bingo, you got a book. And a a major function of this symposium is to draw enough scholars and theater historians and journalists into this uh, three days of meeting to inspire the awareness of the enormous, deep, 
wide and broad richness of theater history that is waiting to be tapped. Christensen has, has marked out the trailhead, but we need a cadre. We need, we need at least two people at every university in the city of Chicago to take up the commitment of delving into the lives of the people who have made this theater and making sure that Christensen's book is followed by a library of other books about this. Well, and I, that, I, this is yeah. a prime function of the of the whole symposium. I couldn't agree more that that's needed. And one of my uh, missions in doing these podcasts is to get uh, all of the senior actors in town on interviews. I mean, I've had you know Mike Nussbaum, who's eighty-seven yeah. years yep. old and yep. still acting, and uh, I've I've tried to get some uh, some of the other. Uh, older actors for so that we have these interviews you know we have these digital uh at least a half hour of them telling their story yep so i and i intend to do more of those how how, how big is your library right now is your archive uh would you say well we have about 273 uh all right. i haven't done all of them uh, and nicholson weber's done some other of the interviews but yep. i particularly like the one-on-ones like we're doing now yep. Yep. Uh, to me they work better yeah. But it's a matter of style. But I, yeah. I go consciously go out of my way to get the 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 older people and and uh, all of the senior people are on my radar. I'll, I'll eventually get to all of them. And where where are these uh, where on, are these recordings? Right on uh, theater in Chicago's. Uh, the, they're on the website. Yeah, they're on the website. We never take them down. We've been doing. Sure. We haven't knock knock on wood. We haven't missed a week uh, in over five years. Wow. So. We're, we're at, uh, I don't, I, I think see. the numbers are on the site. I think it's 270 some podcast. Okay. I've done more of them, but, but, uh, Ann Nicholson Weber's done a number of them all and, right. uh, she's on a sabbatical now. When she comes back, we, we alternate every other week. See, we, we, we do different. We, we are doing the work of the seminar of the symposium right here. Well, that's why when I that's saw right. what you have at the symposium, I said, I got to help get the word out. Yeah. Cause it, you know, uh, I don't, this, the arts is not about competition. We're not sports. So we, we all, we all kind of want to work together, and I think we all should cheer for each oh, other. We, we need to. We yeah. absolutely need to. The question I'm going to be, my little part of the program is simply going to be a presentation of, uh, for about 10 or 12 minutes of a simple action plan, and, uh, and it's directed to uh, making the archive. This is what I've suspected all along, is that there are all kinds of materials available out there, but... You know, the left hand doesn't know what the right hand has been doing. And we need, uh, you know, my, my current little brainstorm is that we need somehow to establish a kind of Chicago Theater News cooperative. So there would be a sort of a one-stop place to go to find out exactly this. My God, we, the theater, you know, Chicago Theater Critic has got, uh, Tom Williams has got 250 interviews. Well, they're not all mine, uh, and it's on... Exactly. Uh, it's on theater in Chicago that's you know producing this podcast. Yeah. Uh, uh, we have a number of articles, and we we are uh, we're trying to put the cast list up as of as many shows as we can. Yeah. Uh, again, building the database, and uh, I have uh, with a partner uh, working on a new site called My Theater Club, which which is going to be a social network and a uh, a place for theater people and. Uh, uh, patrons to kind of get together and and learn about theater. Yeah. So, uh, w- and we're linking up to all the as many reviews as we can get and many other articles. And again, I'm going to offer you to 
join as a free member of our performing arts, and then you can submit articles and things on our database as another thank, resource. Thank you. I accept the invitation. It would be just great. Yeah, it would be. Everyone will win on that. So, but that's why this symposium, I think, is so important. Yeah, but here's there's a couple other sessions that I'm going to be okay. looking forward to on Friday. Uh, in the afternoon, 3.15 to 4.30, the session is called Chicago Theater in the 70s and 80s. And uh, here's the, the uh, sequence uh, of uh, individual presentations in that session. First, on stage at the creation, the role of clergy in the early off-loop theater movement. Terry McCabe, who is a senior lecturer at Columbia. Is yeah, I know talk- Terry, sure. Yep. He's going to be talking about um, you know, the role that, uh, like Jim Shiflett, Reverend Jim Shiflett and other clergy played in the starting of the movement. That's going to be followed by a paper by uh, the the well-known Chicago designer, now chair of theater at Marshall University in West Virginia, Julie Jackson. Many of your listeners will know her name. Mm-hmm. Called "Making Holy Whoopee in Chicago in Its Suburbs." When she's going to talk about the accomplishments of uh, Frank Galati and Bill Polinsy. Yeah, Polinsy. Yeah, Bill. Candlelight Dinner Playhouse, that's and he's right. still at Theater at the Center. Yeah, Bill, I, yeah. at some, one of the other places I grew up watching theater. I, yep. I think I saw almost every show he did. Yep, and uh, then there's going to be a panel on Dennis Zacek, uh, and then there will be uh, another uh, Shannon Eplett from uh, an MA, a master's degree, a graduate student candidate, one of our future theater historians, uh, talking about the influence of the Steppenwolf Company uh, had on on companies on the model of uh, of starting theaters, uh, and then following that session, uh, taking a little broader view of a panel of theater makers, will be talking about why we came, why we stay, infrastructure, economics, and culture in Chicago's theater communities, moderated by Lynn Baber of the Northlight Theater. I think I'm pronouncing that name right. Yeah, I believe so. And uh, it's also it's the gonna, casting director. It's going to include uh, Michael Patrick Thornton from the Gift Theater, mm-hmm. Paul Dario from the Gift Theater, Kristen Fitzgerald from the Red Orchid, uh, Michael Man- uh, Manedian and Joanne Montemuro from the Raven, and John Mossman and uh, Kathy Chambatiera from Artistic Home. So that's quite a that's quite a you a, darn right it is. And yeah. those are small those are smaller theaters that still have a major impact. Yep, yep, and. Uh, then uh, on Saturday morning, on the 21st, the panel is uh, 21st Century Chicago Theater, The Naughties and Beyond. That's N-O-U-G-H-T-I's, is not, right? 2010, and we're going to have Lisa Portes from the Theater School of De- DePaul and director of their uh, uh, MFA directing program. Uh, we're going to have, uh, and she's also associated with Teatro Vista, and she's going to be talking about, uh, you know, the, um, uh, you know, what's been happening in the last uh, ten years and what's going ahead. Uh, then, right behind that, sort of, you know, balancing the future with the past, where there's a series on inspirational, influential uh, Chicago theaters and leaders. Uh, a panel or a presentation on Alvina Krauss, and another presentation on Robert Breen. I th- you know, one of the interesting uh, threads that I'm, gonna, I'm hoping to see emerge here is the, uh, what I call the South Side story of Chicago theater, which is better known, versus the North Side theater, uh, the North Side story. The South Side story goes all the way back through 
improv. And South Side Story is the improvisational story. Going back from Second City, back to uh, the Playwrights Company, back through, um, 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 I'm blanking on the name now here, Del Close, yeah. and, and through Viola Spolin, all the way back to Jane Addams and Hull House. Right? Well, you might also add uh, Candlelight Dinner Playhouse because that was that way out. That yep. was out southwest. Yep, yep. And you then uh, balancing that is the North Side story, which is centered on Northwestern University and a a name known to many theater insiders, but hardly known at all to most theater goers and to and to many theater scholars. And that's Robert Breen who taught theater and developed this concept of the chamber theater, which leads to the getting of, as he would have put it, getting of the narrative, getting the narrator back on stage. And his influence comes through his, uh, his, his pupils, uh, Dennis Zacek, Frank Galati, and, and Mary Zimmerman. And Zimmerman's, uh, you know, it, it, to my mind, one of the, perhaps the most creative theatrical imagination working in American theater. She's and, amazing. Yeah, and uh, she is, uh, she comes out of that North Side thing. Yeah, and sure. I've, you know, this, this, this is one of the aspects from a theater historian's point of view that makes Chicago unique. Yeah. This and and so I'm my own particular lines of research. Well, we're going to have to talk now. more about this. Uh, Are we out of time already? Just about. Okay. Just about. Uh, what I want to what I want to do is is uh, you to summarize. Uh, you've, you've already talked about some of the great things and folks. Yep. Uh, this symposium they is definitely to to, worth. They need to go to column.edu/slash/theater-symposium. They can see the whole. The whole uh, layout, the yeah. whole program laid out there, and it's uh, it's it's coming up soon yep, on the 18th, and and yep. I know I'm going to try and devote some time to. to we to sure getting. appreciate it, Mr. But Rams. well, we're all in this together, and and we all are theater lovers, and uh, yes. you've already wound me up. I've already got. All I'm right. going to have to have you on again. This North Side South Side thing. I really got to learn more yep. about that. I I, I kind of knew it, but it's like mm, you're pointing it out to me. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. And, I think so. And there's some more stories. And, I, and I, again, oh. what I said is one of uh, our missions in, in theater in Chicago and, my, and for me and Chicago Critic is to be a voice to help get the word out, not only of current things, but of the past. Well, you've done a great job. Well, I, and I, think, I work at it, but, but you guys are, are really doing it. Well, let's, let's hope we can, uh, this will be the start of a, a, a new regular feature of theater life in Chicago. Maybe not happening every year, but maybe every second or third year. Boy, what a great a, idea. A coming together of, of the, the Academy and the working theater to take stock and to do honor and to inspire future uh, future. Uh, well, theater let future. me know what I can do to help uh, these podcasts, whatever I can do. We, we got your name on the list, uh, Mr. Williams. Thank you. And, and we'll be, uh, All right, we'll folks, be, make we'll sh- making your life more complicated. At the Why not? It, it, you know, it, it beats sitting around watching uh, mindless uh, sitcoms on television. You got that <laughs> right. Folks, thanks for listening.